Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your alternate Monday? But I love you, Lisa. Lisa, I love you. No, 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 wrong movie. Oh, wrong movie. Is that, is that not this week? Oh, okay. I watched it again, sorry, because I thought it was so awesome. <laughs> the Room, yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's a... Uh... It's the the week that right now. This our recording is we're recording the day. Well, yeah, the day after uh, the Fourth of July, which is a an American ho- holiday, uh, yep. Independence Day for for us here in the U.S. Uh, so that goes to say, I watched, spent time at the lake with our buddy Pat and a bunch of friends, and watched fireworks and again, and had a nice time with friends. It was very fun. Uh, you're way out, nice. out west, though. Uh, what did you do for the Fourth? Uh, not much. I had an interesting weekend. I drove uh, Sunday, about six-ish hours, almost the full width of breadth of uh, Washington, huh? and I got close to Mount Rainier and got some photos of that. Oh, I that's real- cool. Just just realizing I forgot to post those in our Discord, um, and now I'm. I don't know, probably an hour or so south of Seattle. Oh, cool. So I'm, so I'm close to the edge. Um, and then I had some technical difficulties with my camper when I got here. My fridge was not working. Right. Um, that's a whole story. I don't know if you want to get into that. Maybe I can, I can tell a short version of it. Um, I have a 12-volt refrigerator that runs off the battery, uh, and then when I'm plugged in, the charger charges a battery, and that runs the fridge. Um, Some campers have three-way fridges that will also run on propane, but mine is not that way. It just runs off the battery. Um, And apparently, there's a flaw in the design where they put a disposable glass fuse, uh, like cars used to have in like the 70s, um, way in the back by the compressor that makes the fridge work. So in order to get to that fuse, you have to pull the fridge out of the wall because it's installed in the wall. That's dumb. And I was like, well, if that's the problem, I can fix that problem. Uh, Worst case scenario, I have to buy these fuses, which are a super rare size, on Amazon and wait for a new one to come. So I went into town, which is about 20 minutes, and got a nice cooler and ice and put all my food in it and then wrestled this fridge out of the hole in the wall. And then once I got back there, I tested the fuse. Um, well, confirmed that my fridge is one of the ones that has that fuse. Tested that fuse, and it was dead. So I went into town again and could not find the same fuse, but I did buy all the parts that I needed to cut that fuse holder out and wire a normal, like, bladed fuse. If you've ever seen those in a, in a car, it's a flat plastic with metal prongs car fuse. Yeah. Because my my electric box has a bunch of those already for all the other all the twelve volts. There's actually one for the fridge circuit in the uh, the box. But um, got the little holder for those. Wired that all up. Ran ran it with wire up toward the front of where the the vent ducts are for the fridge, so that if it, if that new fuse goes out, I can get to it without having to pull a giant heavy fridge out of the wall. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And everything's working again. So that was 
very satisfying to oh, nice. be able to resolve that problem on my own with a couple trips to town and uh, 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 YouTube. Yeah, some YouTube, some YouTube, YouTube advice. YouTube is, uh, is a saving grace for the future that we live in. Exactly, exactly. So that was my Sunday and Monday, and then um, it was mostly Monday because I waited Sunday night, just kept the fridge closed in the hopes that it would maybe come back on. I did have that problem. <laughs> well, after the what was it? The um, not the holidays when I was in Tennessee for my niece's graduation. Um, we stayed at an Airbnb and I parked there on a fairly steep angle. I probably mentioned this at the time because I was almost slid out of the bed. Um, and fridges, especially compressor fridges, are supposed to be level when they're running. And when I got to my parents' place after that, um, after that weekend, uh, my fridge was not working. It was not cold. And after leaving it probably only a couple hours, it did start working again. So it was just some kind of like either it stopped working from being on level or maybe there's a like a, a switch or something that switches it off when it's not level. But it did start working again. So I, on Sunday, was kind of fingers crossed that that would be the case. But right. no, it took took most of my Monday, but I got it fixed. And then on Tuesday, which was the 4th yesterday... Um, I set up my gas grill, or uh, it's called a Blackstone grill. It's a, um, a more like a griddle, like a cast iron flat top. Okay. Um, I have had it since I started living in the camper almost two years ago, and I've only used it once when I was at my parents. It's like it's got a stand, and I've got to do all these steps to set it up. And when I was moving every four days, it just didn't seem worth the hassle. Um, but I'm here at this campground for two weeks and it was the fourth coming up. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do some cooking outside stuff while I'm, while I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I set that up. I set that up yesterday. Um, I used it to make breakfast, cooked eggs and toast on it. And then, um, then at lunchtime made some hot dogs. I don't, know that i've ever bought hot dogs before <laughs> as an adult really but okay. i bought a clearly pack you of don't have kids dogs. dennis <laughs> no clearly i don't have kids so <laughs> or, or I, you, you know, would I, you would have bought them many I, times right i mean i buy macaroni and cheese that's so i don't true, know why hot fair. dogs are, are where i draw this weird line but <laughs> anyway i bought all beef hot dogs and made some of those yesterday on my grill and got some pasta salad with it and that was the extent of my celebration. And then when I went to bed, I opened my windows because that's how it is here. It gets cool at night. And I could hear the explosions of fireworks in the distance. Uh, that was... Oh, and I guess the only other closest thing to celebrating I did is on the recommendation of one of my internet friends, uh, I watched a, um, a musical from 1972 called 1776 oh, okay that's a lot of a lot of numbers all at once <laughs> but it's a musical about john adams ben franklin thomas jefferson john hancock and all of those guys trying to ratify um uh independence right the, to to eventually write 
and then acknowledge and ratify the Articles of Independence yeah. from Great Britain in, in 1776. Uh, it was... Um, I don't, I don't know. I just watched it yesterday, so I don't know that I really have much to say about it. It's, it's fun and goofy in the way that musicals from the seventies are. Um, and I think I recommend it knowing that it's kind of a weird thing. Right. Um, it's not like the miniseries John Adams that I think was maybe an HBO or something, or maybe a, maybe a PBS or BBC like masterpiece thing. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. Ooh, love Paul plays Giamatti. John Adams. Love that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of other actors you've seen in it. Um, it's excellent. This is sort of that same story, but told in a, a much goofier way. And the, um, the actor who plays John Adams in 1776 is, um, the guy who played the principal, Mr. Feeney in, uh, oh, Boy Meets yeah. World. I know. Yeah. If you remember that, yeah. that sitcom, he was also, he was also the voice of Kit in the Knight Rider Correct. for right. a while. Right. Um, right. I saw him and I was like, is that, is he the right age? When was Boy Meets World on? It was like in the late eighties. Right. Yep, that's him. Yeah, the the um, I I I'm, I'm going to admit something on here here that it's probably going to uh, offend you, but you personally, because uh, one of the big Americana type movies that or series that everyone in the world has seen that I haven't is A Band of Brothers, and hmm. people who have seen it feel shocked and disgusted that I've never seen it. Uh, so admitting it is is a hard thing to do. But I keep it's sure. it keeps coming up on my TikTok stuff, all the scenes and stuff everywhere. Of course, and, and that's funny. I I haven't seen those. You must be your your for you algorithm has has deviated from mine. Well, a little bit is because but. I have in the last couple months spent too much time watching shows on TikTok, and I I mentioned this before right. that. There are some shows, like the way that shows, depending on the, obviously, person putting them out there, uh, present um, television series on YouTube are in, like, cuts, like three, four-minute cuts, right? And they're not, and and the first initial impression a lot of this, it was mine, was mine, was that I'm not going to watch an entire movie on just TikTok next slides, you know, but that's not (laughs) how they usually work on TikTok, it's that it's, it's there's they just cut out all the the garbage in between and it's like every important moment oh, throughout yeah. you know the sh- the episode. Um, I've seen some. I get a lot of stand up on mine, and I've seen those where I can tell that they're like trimming out the pauses and like condensing. It's like a like an abridged version of the joke. Right. Yeah. And I'm it, like yes. I'm like this is awkward. I don't, I don't know if they're cutting any of the content out here. Yeah. Right. And and, and I think they are on a lot of these shows, which doesn't hurt the show for me because all it does it makes and it's probably because i am a repeat watcher makes me want to go back and sure. watch them again so that like I, the real house is yeah. an example like i i see an episode and like i know all of the beats in this episode and i get all the emotional high points and low points and it feels really good but i know that there's a whole bunch of nuance and extra stuff in the middle there that was cut that i could go back and watch and get the full experience for it. So I appreciate that. And, mm-hmm. and I've come to appreciate that. And I think that's why something like Band of Brothers has been showing up because I've been watching. That's 
modified my algorithm to start sh- giving me shows, you know, TV sure. shows or series that, that, um, and, you know, I'll start watching some of those and I'll, I'll get hooked sometimes. Not Band of Brothers has it for me for the same reason it didn't for the series is because it's just one of those, oof, this thing is so long and it's so big and so daunting, right? Thing to, to get into. Um, sure. Yeah. I guess it depends on, it depends on your perspective, right? Like you could think about it compared to a movie and sure. go, man, this is 20 hours long or whatever it is. Or if you think of it more like a TV show with a whole completed arc and yeah. and said everything they wanted to say and, and ended, I, I have seen that miniseries at least once, maybe twice. Uh, obviously, my dad and brothers love it and rewatch it every few years. Um, well, let, let's be clear. I, I didn't mean necessarily time investment because I watch, I just watch like, um, the last kingdom sure. three it's, times it, it's it's when i mean it's, it's, it's emotional also investment emotional investment yeah it's i that thing is gonna have I, multiple main characters that die horribly and tragically because it's world war kind what, of, two kind of yeah and i'm it's like world war two yeah the, the, it and it's probably not going to end on a happy note most often all the best world war two movies end in the future where they're all dead at a graveyard and there's just some family member standing <laughs> over them singing like he was True. a great person, and we remembered his life. And I'm like, that's what this yeah. is. Gonna, that's my my best ending I can hope for the series, and then come away with it emotionally drained, proud but sad. And so it's obviously worth it. Why I would want people to watch a lot of these shows. Yeah, but, I you know. I think of it in the same headspace as as Saving Private Ryan. Yes, even though 100, it's what I was not like like they came out. I think close to the same time. Um, and so have kind of a similar, you, you know, some of the actors, a lot of the actors you'll recognize, and some of them are not dramatic actors. Um, the lead, um, Peter from uh, Office Space, I forget the guy's name. Yeah. Um, you know, the main guy yeah. in Office Space. Yeah. Is a like he's not a main character but he's like a second you know a second like a supporting character not a an extra like he's in it a lot yeah as a just normal lieutenant or something um following the main captain around um and there's a whole arc at the beginning for the first episode you know the the episodes also are like an hour and a half long where uh david schwimmer Right, Ross, Ross from Friends, yep. um, is playing just a real piece of work, um, like uh, uh, drill sergeant. Not drill sergeant, but that kind of character, like yeah. at the barracks when they're doing drills and training, who you just love to hate. Right. Um, early on, and it's it it's not it's not really fair for me to compare it to Saving Private Ryan because Saving Private Ryan is very Spielberg. Like, yes, it has, you know, a level of recreation of Omaha Beach that, you know, made actual veterans walk out of the theater in, in, uh, like, um, being disturbed and with, with, with flashbacks, PTSD. PTSD from how, uh, how, how well recreated it was, mm-hmm. um, not well recreated is a weird way to say that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah accurate i guess um 
where Band of Brothers is based more in like it's less fictional, right? right? Like obviously World War II and Omaha Beach are not fictional, but the the story, the sort of like sweet sort of happy ending of of Saving Private Ryan is is very Spielberg. Right. Where Band of Brothers is based on true accounts. Like a lot of the characters in the miniseries were still living when they made it. And they have clips of interviews from them. Um, like either before or after every episode. Um, which, is, which goes goes back to your point. It is definitely emotionally um, impactful. Um, so I can see how that's not a thing that you're, you're going to go, uh, man, I think I'll put this on on a Saturday afternoon (laughs) and relax a little bit. I'm ready to get invested. I mean, we've kind of mentioned this on some of this stuff. It's that you have to be ready for some of those, right? You just gotta Mm -hmm. want it because it, you know, I think those are Schindler's list. We'll just say, right? Like lives in your, your, your body for a long time as it should. Um, and, you know, gives you a lot of perspective and insight, not just into the world, but of yourself and your worldviews. Uh, you know, a lot of good films can do that. Not that good films also can't be just trash, but, you know, these dramatic films are. Uh, so I think just watching them in the background is just kind of not paying attention to it and, you know, doing dishes or laundry. I don't know, know that you should do that to some of these movies that you know are going to be impactful you know yeah yeah uh, it's like at, at that point you're better off just not just not watching, watching. It. yes not that's exactly right, right right you're better off just not watching because then you're just going to ruin a thing you're never going to be able to see it the same way again so you should sit down and watch this like not like spider-man any spider-man i could do that with you know like, like oh just kind of watch it here and there yeah you'll get better off yeah. but you're not gonna you're not gonna miss the whole point of the story which is emotions if you right. you know watching those movies but if you watch you know, uh, Schindler's List or Band of Brothers, whatever. You should be paying attention all the time because every bit matters. You, you yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I'll watch. I know I want to watch it. I actually considered putting it on our list for a thing to do for somehow, but mm. but uh, I still have to come to terms with that I'm going to be you know serious for so long um, w- sure. with with a potentially not great ending. You know, which I don't don't want you to give me feelings either way. But, you know, I, I just have to, ex- and it's, you know, it's always better for me if I expect the worst of these movies, that Game of Thrones sure. kind of thing. Like I didn't want to watch Game of Thrones after the ending of season one, um, cause I thought that was going to be right. the whole show, which it was. Um, but once I accepted that this show can be worth it with everyone being terribly, horribly disfigured and killed, then when I accepted that, then I can watch it. Right. And every sure. episode, it kind of changes your mood for it, maybe. But uh, it, it also works to its benefit when it doesn't end that way. Right. When good things happen or the ending has an uplifting right. ending and you're like, oh, against all odds. So it makes those movies even better for me, I think. Sure. What, what do we say, Dennis? Uh, moderating expectations is the key to, to happiness in film. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, that, enough with the the stuff stuff. Uh, let's talk about so much topics that we have this week. What do you say? Uh, do you want to talk about 
some of the things you've seen that I haven't seen? Or I can go through them real quick. Sure. Um, Okay. I I really don't want to spend all those. There's not a lot, I think, that that are impactful to to speak about, but I'll, I'll give them two minutes. Uh, put me on a timer. I remember, I remember talking about Elemental, but now that I'm kind of replaying that memory in my head, I think it was mostly off air. It was. So I don't know it how was. much you want to say about that. It was, and, and I had to. I had to because I'm not going to. I'll, I'll level with you. I'm not going to go to the theater and watch Elemental by myself. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I, Elemental mixed. I'd give it if there's a scale. I hate number scales sometimes, but six out of ten, I'd say. How about this? Six out of ten for Disney movies, Disney animated okay. or Disney animated or pick and or Pixar movies. All those in one or Pixar. I give it a so six, even a with six that even with that scale, a six. It's like down there with those Good Dinosaur or whatever. Maybe yes, because because Good Dinosaur wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Uh, so that's probably mm. a fair that's probably a fair number to put it group to put it with. To, to, to be fair, I never saw Good Dinosaur. Yeah, it, it's okay. it was okay, right? And what you know what? One of the I'm, I'm letting that sit. Pixar flops, right? Sure, I'm, I'm letting that sink in and saying that yeah, that's probably a fair place to put it. Um, wasn't it, the I will say the problem with that movie, and if there's a problem to say why it's not a huge awesome, I love this movie because the 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 um, characters are. Interesting. They're they're well put together. I think they're well acted by the people who put them in. There's nothing particularly wrong about the film. It's uh, there's no villain is the big thing. There's really no villain. Uh, there's nothing mm. to to go against or feel like that should bring our people together. Uh, sure. And it just there's just no bad thing, I guess. And then a, a, a thing, an event happens to cause the ending. And and you're like, okay, that's that's the ending, and and you know, that thing, <laughs> that event happened, but it's not like anything really, really, really big, um, and also not unforeseen. You saw it going through the whole film sure. from the very beginning. You're like, yeah. oh, that's going to happen, and there's no doubt about it, and it and it happens, and then they deal with whatever that repercussion is, and then it's over, and you're like, okay, that's what I just watched. Um, and that's gotcha. unfortunate because, like I said, the characters were good. The world they build is interesting, um, but just really not. There's no real compelling story there to get you through will a it, journey or whatever. Will it mean anything if I if I ask that if the story was an end then story? Uh, expand on what do you mean by that? Uh, it's a quote from uh, Parker and Stone. The um, South Park guys, they said when they were writing episodes, if their bullet points in their outline were connected with and then, like this happens and then this happens and then this happens, they knew it was a bad story. Yeah, that's fair. That, I would say that. That those bullet points needed to be connected with so then or was it so or therefore, right? So the events in the story are causal. Like one thing causes the next thing instead of just something happens and something else happens. Oh, um, I would say that I would say at the beginning, it starts with a, an event that happens that causes the rest of the story to happen. But from okay. the, and that's so, early on in act so one and then set up an, an inciting incident. Right. And, and right. Exactly. That's a good way to put that. And then it's, 
it's the end then from then the rest of the movie. Like everything else is just end then. And then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. And then they, and then the big event that you know is going to happen happens. And then that causes the end. Uh, so yes, uh, one with one exception at the beginning being the the cause causal thing that, that brings the two characters together. Uh, That's not a unknown thing that you can see it in the trailers. There's it's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that causes these two people to meet and, uh, you know, have a reason to be together. Um, and then everything is just end then from those things. So that, that's a real w- way to put that. So I'll just leave it there. Six out of 10. Um, it's you know, definitely a Disney plus movie to watch. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I also wouldn't rush out to, to get Disney plus to watch it. Right. It's, sure. it's a, if you have Disney plus and your kids are looking for something to watch, there's that, you know, there was another one on that I watched that some people really love, but I thought it was made was that red Panda one movie. That's another similar, some turning red. I think is what it's called. Um, I heard about that. I remember uh, this, this might be pushing our rating here a little bit, depending on your sensibilities. But I remember hearing that title and making a joke about whether it was a movie about menstruation. Right. And, and it totally um, is. The, <laughs> use the clinical term there because that is, I guess, cleaner. And our buddy Fox, who brought it up because he had, had seen it, said, that's exactly what it's about. And I was like, what okay and then i thought about it more and i was like all right i can see i have not seen the film but i could see the 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 motivations behind writing that because at first i was like why on earth would pixar make a movie about this but then right you know being a man that was sort of my knee-jerk reaction to it and then as i thought about it more i was like all right i could i could see that i don't know i don't know whether i have more complex feelings about that or whether my feelings about that are relevant at all. Um, right. And, well, and I kind of yeah. felt that same way when watching red and, and maybe um, that being the central topic, you know, wasn't as impactful for, for me, which could have made the movie just like a six out of 10 type thing. Um, and which is places it in the same place that this one was. So maybe there are sure. key touchstones in elemental that will make it better for you. But as just a standalone thing judged on its own, I judge it the same way I did Red, which is a fine movie, but not necessarily the run out there for, sure. I think. Um, so that that's that one. Moving that past that one, The okay. Flash. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this one before. I watched it. Um, if you're a fan of the 80s Michael Keaton Batman, then it's a great show to watch, and I would rec- highly recommend it. I, I said the same thing. Multiple people asked me this about this movie this weekend. And I, and I told them every single time, like I asked them, are you a fan of the Michael Keaton Batman from the eighties? And they're like, Oh yeah, I love that. Cause these were people who are my age or, or, or around. And I said, right. then, then you'll love it. Go watch it. Cause this, or, or watch it when it comes out. Yeah. It's the, the latter half of that movie is he's in it fully. And it's that thing. And it's, that gets better. The first half, nobody will like, I don't think. Um, and uh, if you take out the Michael Keaton thing, people are really not going to like this movie very, very much, which is a little disappointing to me because I had, you know, people like James Gunn were, you know, just just gushing over how good it was and um, and how, mm. you know, he was he, he in particular had came in and gutted all of D.C. And, and had basically said that none of it was any good and there's reasons and all these reasons. Uh, but that was the one movie that was the highlight of all the DC movies before. And this is an actual mm. good superhero movie. And then I watched it. I'm like, wow, this guy has got his wrong peepers on. Cause 
I don't think anybody, and it, and the ratings are saying that. Uh, I, I, I wonder if he was reading a prepared statement from uh, Warner's PR department. Well, you'd think that, but he pretty much just slashed and burned everything else. So, like, every single thing he came out, that even came out, he was like, nope, terrible. And even tank things, helped tank things like Batwoman and, and other things that he didn't want to, to, to go on. Right, right. So, I, I don't know if he was, they were doing that because they were hitting a lot of other guff with or it's one of those character. like with 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 and and i didn't follow the news on this at all but from what little i heard about everything that went down with ezra miller i assume that warner brothers looked at the balance sheets and said we've already spent too much on this movie to not release it oh for because sure because of this for sure because of all of this stuff and so i'm sure somebody somebody higher than james gunn said no you can't cut this we have to release it and go talk to PR and and endorse it because it's going to cost us so Maybe. much if if we don't. Uh, I, I will I will say that's, this. That's a hundred percent speculation. Sure. I I will say this for it. It does. It, it's a. Um, I asked the question: Is it a time travel movie or is it a multiverse movie? Um, and our buddy Fox replied with the word "yes," and I didn't yeah. know how I felt about that. And then watching the movie, I'm like, oh, it is, and and it handles it well. Like the fact that it's both um, and how time travel it actually helped expand my mind a little bit with the idea that time travel is multiversal travel. Yeah. Uh, th- that was like, Oh, and they do a, a Batman. Michael Keaton explains it in this movie, mm-hmm. how he, he's the one. Do you remember there's a scene with um, the ancient one in the, the uh, infinity gauntlet movie where uh, he, she explains um, the removing the stones to, uh, the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And Tilda Swinton. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. And she explains the multiverse right, and what it does and how it works like a nice little scene. Right. That helps explain it to everybody. Uh, the, uh, the Michael Keaton has has it in this one um, and he does a really good job of it. Um, so I was like, OK, that's cool. And that's a, 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 a they have a different kind of take on that whole timeline multiverse thing. Uh, and sure. that was neat. And from that moment on, when that happens, the rest of the film is pretty good. Like it's got very few bad points after that part. The the CGI even is better, which is really, really lamentably bad um, in the first half. Like just really bad. Sure. Um, CW Stargate level bad, um, you know, kind of stuff. And then the second half, when it starts explaining the multiverse time, things like that, I was like, okay, this is cool. And you know what? Even talking right now, I would recommend. That's why I recommend people who like the, the Michael Keaton Batman stuff because that's all the second half, and the, everything starts to to come come along on the way. Um, Barry, the character of Barry, um, is very fun as a secondary character. Like he's great in the comic books, but in the DCU, the mm-hmm. Ezra Miller version of Barry um, is kind of grating and annoying. But it makes him fun and funny and lighthearted. Sure. Uh, in his few moments that he has, but man, like two and a half hours of him is just not great. Like <laughs> it's even I who can get into some of that stuff. It's just great. when he's leading and he's the main character all the time, and then he meets another one of himself, and that character's even worse. You're like, you start to see the other Barry being exasperated at. This Barry, and you're like, yeah, I'm with you, guy. You're terrible, <laughs> right? Um, that you, you saying that reminds me of Archer. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why sure, other Barry? Sure, other Barry. Right. Uh, so yeah, man, that makes me want to watch Archer again because that part's really funny. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that's why I said the Flash. Uh. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate that it, that it wasn't better. Um. And for you, Dennis, I uh, would recommend watching it, but actually just watch it on the small screen. That's you know I rarely ever recommend that for superhero movies, but you, you, this one's only good on the small screen. Um. The final one I have here that we didn't watch together was Seven Kings Must Die. I just, I don't even admit on that one. That's okay. the, the ending capper to the series, um, The Last Kingdom. And Last Kingdom. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I had mentioned it on the show before, how I'd only watched half because it was bothering me how quickly it was going and how every plot point was just lightning breakneck speed. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to stop it to slow it down. Um, that's because they literally took a season, a full season of story that they would usually take their time in every episode to get to point A, point B and put it into a two hour film, um, which was just awful. Uh, because everything's great. It's as great about the, the, the series is in this movie, but you just have no time to react to anything before it's onto the next plot point. It's onto the next plot point. They just Mm. tried to put everything. It's like they had an extra season worth of thoughts put in this one. Uh, the second half of it, um, was fine, but also felt very rushed. The ending I felt really satisfied with. Um, I was really worried at how they were going to end it. And they ended it in a way that I really liked. And I think most people who are fans of this series overwhelmingly liked. And I was happy with that. So I'm glad with the ending. I'm glad that they watched it. It was nice, a nice extra to have on the end of a series. But it felt very much almost like a Serenity does. Serenity was a little bit better of a capper, but... Um, that I got extra that I didn't have before and I'm thankful for it type. Thing. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it by itself, of course you, you would not watch this, this thing. Um, another thing that was sad about it was that several main characters that were in the series weren't in the movie. Uh, and mm. it had to do with the fact that it was filmed several years after many of these characters already had commitments and sure. couldn't put it in. So you could tell that they replaced them. Like the script was written with them in mind and their characters, but when they couldn't have them, they replaced them with another sub character that was a side character. And you're like, Oh, right. this person was never that important before. Now they're having all these really <laughs> important lines and relationships with this person, which came out of nowhere kind of. And you're like, Oh, right. it's because that character isn't in this movie, even though they would be that part. You're like, okay, I get it. So yeah. Anyway, those are the three things I, I probably took a little bit more than, you know, six or seven minutes with that, but um, no, you're good. Worth, worth um, did, did we talk about All Quiet on the Western Front? We did not. This was one that you okay. had watched. I, wa- I watched this. I had it uh, sort of in mind since it was nominated and I think maybe won something. Okay. Uh, the best foreign language film or something. What's that? Um, what's that? Give in... me a synopsis of it. I haven't heard of it. So uh, uh, this is a remake, at the very least, of an old movie. And I think originally a novel okay um it's sort of the it's the abrief you know the sort of time skipped story of a young uh and i've never seen the original so i don't have any basis of comparison there it's world war one um focusing on a young german boy man right 18 boy man or um (laughs) You know, man, but like he's a it starts with him and his buddies at boarding school and 
him forging his parents' signature so he can enlist. Okay. So um, he's, so he's uh, Steve Rogers? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and then it jumps ahead to, you know, the, what we've seen portrayed in film before, the trench warfare. in, And they say... They say where it is, but the the name of it's not coming to me. Um, you know, they're in France, right? In the trenches, like just stalemated for years, right? Which is my under my li- my very limited understanding of the, most of how World War One went, the Great War, um, and it's pretty much just there are some like kind of lighthearted moments sitting around camp and whatever in between the fighting. And of course there's not that much fighting, right? They're mostly just in the trenches. Like there are battles later, um, but it's pretty much just here's how horrible war is from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I, somebody, somebody famous like, I don't know, Scorsese or, uh, um, one of those uh, uh, people said it's impossible to make a truly anti-war war movie. Um, you know, the example yep. sometimes pointed to is Apocalypse Now, which we watched for the poster. Yep. Which, which is an anti-war movie, but still its portrayal of the helicopters and Flight of the Valkyries and all that is still very, like, uh, um, rousing. Yeah, I guess. And that movie has a weird um, ending. It's a weird ending. And it has a very strange ending. Um, and, and I mean, like, The Deer Hunter is an anti-war movie, but also mm-hmm. doesn't really portray any of the war. Like, most of, all you, most of what you see is them in prison camps in Vietnam playing Russian roulette and all that. But, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but the... the assertion is that by showing actual battle and like the the you know the thrill of combat kind of stuff you undercut your anti-war message and this movie really has none of that like all the fighting is terrible um i won't spoil the ending but it's not a happy ending um and it was just kind of like you know the the i think it's um, William Tecumseh Sherman, who said war is hell. Um, or maybe it was Grant. I don't remember. One of the Civil War generals said war is hell. And you watch this movie and you're like, yeah, that's accurate. This is just awful. Like, every <laughs> every minute of this is awful. Not oh. every minute, but like, almost all of it is. And it's, I think that's the point. Um, and it's incredibly well made. Um, I assume the original was done in English, where this movie is all original language. It's mostly German with mm. a little bit of French. The French, because they're in France, the right. French characters speak French. And every once in a while, the German characters try to speak French when they're talking to French people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if any of that, <laughs> if any of that rambling. What, would it uh, would it give uh, you a thumbs up? Like you totally recommend it to everyone, or? I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. Like I think if you are, I think if you have a really romantic idea about 
World War One and and two. I mean, especially World War One. But if you have a real romantic, idealized mindset about war, you should probably watch it. Um, <laughs> you know, to be to to have a little bit of uh, perspective on that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it is. You know, add that one to Band of Brothers. Now we got to watch. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's it's incredibly well made. Um, which is the the probably the highest praise I can give it. So, so there is one of these movies that we both have both seen um, out there. We haven't talked about it yet. You want to talk about Spider Man Across the Spider Verse? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me. Well, I'll say this: this is sort of a spoiler, but something that I. Wished I had known going into it. Yeah. Um, this is a part one with a to be continued. You just ruined it for people, man. Just totally ruined I, it. I think some people knew that. I was not one of those people. <laughs> and I'll I'll get into... Uh, when, when we go into spoilers, I'll get into m- more details on, on how I felt about that at the time. But um, I wish that I had known beforehand. It would have... Uh, helped my expectations a little bit. Uh, that's a, um, that's an interesting topic that we can kind of breach a little bit here, and we we kind of went round around on our in our chat channels. Um, whether you should or shouldn't know that a movie is to be continued, because part of storytelling is the cliffhanger, like or or sorry, not part of the story, but a a a way a tactic or a what's the a point of storytelling. It's like, uh, um, you know, some, uh, some people have led to the big kiss, like in a romance thing, like when they're, they're for the first kiss, right? That's a big point in a romantic uh, movie is that, you know, that their first kiss. And sometimes in a storytelling, a cliffhanger might be a very important, you know, how you feel on a cliffhanger can be an important tool or storytelling tool in your box that you put into the movie. So sure. having that spoiled at the beginning can ruin part of how the people want the story to be told. They want you to feel like, oh my gosh, what happened? I, how do I feel about this? And I'm upset and I want to know more and I'm sad or mad or angry because cliffhangers are never really happy, rosy things, right? Um, right. And so so that's kind of like the writers want you to feel that way. Um, well, what's interesting, what, what's interesting about that is that there are... There are levels to what's going on. Like, I get when um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was being promoted, they had digitally altered trailers to hide details in the movie, right? right? Um, Where in the case of this movie and Dune and obviously Infinity War, like, some people didn't know, but people who were following the news right. knew like i i knew that dune was two parts because my friends watched it and we all complained about it for weeks <laughs> um i knew the infinity saga was two parts because we talked about it at length with like you know this is what it's going to be there we don't know how it's going to cut and how much time is going to be in between um so there's that part of it where, like, they're not really hiding it. But I also, 
have mixed, I'll say I have mixed feelings, is a polite way to say, that I, I don't appreciate that it's not advertised that way. I understand why they don't, right. but that also is telling to me, where if they say, if they put out a movie and say, Dune Part 1, it, the ticket sales aren't as good. Yes. Because people don't want that experience. Right. And, of course, that gets into, like, what do people want versus what do they think they want, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, I mean, because they're not overtly hiding it, right, because some people do know, right, like Fox knew about Spider-Man, he knew about um, uh, Dune as well. He was like, I don't know, did people not know that this was a two-part? And I'm like, no, I didn't know. Um, For Spider-Man, you mean? For Spider-Man or for Dune. Okay. And I did know about Dune, again, because we talked about it. But if I had gone to see it opening weekend, I wouldn't have known. D- Dune bothers me because the title is Dune Part 1. Like, that that one bothers me in particular. Like, it's that's the title. It's not just mm. Dune. If it was just Dune, and it says it right at the beginning when it, the, the movie launches, it says Dune, and then it, it the big thing goes across the screen and says Part 1. Like, that, like right at the beginning? Right at the beginning. You know, like you know, it's the first thing, oh, big yeah. letters box is Dune across so, the screen. And then it flips over yeah. and it says part one. You so know, it's like, like it's like there was one title outside on the building, and then once you're inside and they've got your money, they give you the real title, right? It's like a bait and switch. Uh, I was pretty sure that <laughs> the title says Dune Part One on the posters, um, but oh. I, I, I will, I will, I don't know, I will, I, I could uh, be overblowing that whole thing. I don't Right. So, but, but I, that, that, that's not the point. Yeah. It, matter of fact, I'm looking at the posters here. Not all of them. You, you're probably right. I mean, there's many that say, um, just Dune, but, but they mm-hmm. do a lot of, many of them say Dune part one and then it's billed as Dune part one. But, um, but it doesn't matter. The, the point here is the ex- expectation of what, how you feel when you get that unexpected cliffhanger. Right. And, and I can right. understand, I, I definitely empathize with people who, who don't know and don't like that, right? Um, this is going to go into our, our movie that we have this week with feelings and when you don't expect something and, or it comes in a certain way. Um, and how you can, that can kind of ruin the whole experience for you. Right? I, I get that. And I understand that. Um, because I honestly am not a real big fan of cliffhangers either. I feel the disappointment in it. I feel that what if, what if I never get to see it again? Or what if I'm sick or ill or who knows what it could be reasons I don't get to watch right. a, a thing before or the, in the worst case scenario, which could have happened with Dune is that, uh, they didn't make enough money and I absolutely love this movie, but it didn't make enough money. Therefore they just can it and don't make another. They, ne- they never got a sequel. It's like a TV show getting canceled. Right. And so, so I get that. I I totally 100% get that. Yeah, I think I think at a most basic level and you know, this is not true for everything. There are exceptions to this. This is just a very generalized perspective. I think if you absolutely have to split a movie, split a story across multiple movies, you should be super clear about that in the marketing. See, I I, don't I, I think, think that that I think that that's ruining it for other people who aren't like you who actually enjoy the cliffhanger thing the the surprise of it and how it the, the, i walk out and i'm like so excited to see the next one like that's a whole thing that you may not f- like that feeling but other people really do and just by billing it and cutting it out right at the beginning and saying part one just takes that completely out of what you can an emotion that you can get so 
I don't think that they sh- should. I think that's up to the writer and director whether they want that experience to be part of your experience or not. Even though if it may not be likable to some, it's likable to others. You, yeah, you yeah, there? and I think I think again, as I said, it's a general generalized point of view. I also think in general you should, if you're making a movie in this format, you should do everything you can to tell your whole story in one movie, right? Obviously, there are exceptions to that, but I'm just trying to imagine going to see Fellowship of the Ring and getting to the end and, like, literally nothing's resolved. Well, that, that, that's, that, <laughs> right. I was thinking of that that whole time you were talking about. That's a perfect example. I know uh, multiple people who had not realized that this was a multi-movie thing. And they really, really, really hated Fellowship of the Ring because nothing happened. And they like, I spent right. so much time on this movie. They weren't big fantasy people, obviously, uh, because anyone right. who's a fantasy person loved it just for what it was. But and, like, and the again, if you're, just that. if you're dealing with adaptations, right? Like the Lord of the Rings was written as a trilogy of books. Right? No, it wasn't. Like, it, it was, it was one book that was broken up into three. The, well, that was, it was published as three. Right. right. Um, that's what I mean. You're sure. Um, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people had never read any of those books or come anywhere near them. It's like reading war and peace, right? Like that hmm. sounds great, but I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Right. So going I, into, I didn't, I didn't encounter that, but I guess I knew more Lord of the Rings nerds and the few, the, the handful of friends I had who didn't read it were all friends with us. And so we would not let them make such a, uh, uh, obvious mistake. I mean, I'm sure there were, there were people like that, but right. anyway, I don't, I don't want to, no, it's a good, uh, it's a good topic. It's a good subject. Cause I, I don't think there's a wrong opinion here on this. I, I really don't. I, I don't think that I, I feel that that's up to the, my own opinion, that's up to the writer and director, whether they want that to be a important, an important emotion to their story. Um, mm-hmm. because it is, uh, a tactic and an emotion that you add to the story that that some will say disappointment, some will say excitement, right? And that's up right. to the person presenting it and how they want to do it. And yes, for a certain amount of people, that can be a bad emotion that they don't want. And to other ones, it can be. So there's no real right or wrong here. It's just how that's presented. Now with this movie, let's bring it back to, to Spider-Man. The, the, one, the one caveat as I'm thinking about this Spider-Man movie. Sure. Um, I also think it's a bad idea to cram two movies worth of story into one movie. Yeah. Or, or um, the other way, do Hobbit thing, right? Where you take one movie. Or, or the Hobbit thing. Uh, for the, the, the prior example, I'm going to point to Batman versus Superman, uh, yeah. which, as I understand it, combined at least two major Superman uh, uh, comic book arcs. Oh, yeah, sure, right. Right. And the little can of worms, Rise of Skywalker, uh, which I think did kind of the same thing but sure. okay uh no that makes sense oh that makes it right when, when you spider-man spider-man across the spider-verse we're going to talk about this in detail with spoilers so i'm gonna hit the bell if you've not seen the new animated spider-man with miles morales uh skip ahead because we're gonna spoil it M- more than i already did and well that, that that's kind of why i, I was going with the ahead it being kind of a spoiler thing because it is an emotional moment in the movie um, when it ends. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, it's over. It was for me. And I think a lot of people in the theater were, were, Oh my God, did that just end? 
that's it. And they were, they were like stunned and there was all the range of emotions um, happening in the theater at that time with people upset, people excited, people like, wow, that was amazing or whatever. So that felt, yeah. very, that felt very spoilery so, to me. So, so I, I saw this movie in a theater that was about an hour away from camp. Um, I drove into town. Oh to yeah. Right. You had a hard time on do, this one. Yeah. Do some stuff and, and watch this movie. And I left, my dog in camper, which I do, you know, she's fine. The air conditioner was on and stuff, but with the driving and the movie, I was gone for about five hours or yeah, for, yeah, for at just least a five. movie. Yeah. At least five hours. Um, you know, two hours plus of driving, a couple other errands, quick errands. And then, and then this movie that was two hours, 20 plus mm-hmm. half an hour of trailers and ads and stuff. Yeah. Um, on the plus side, it was a Tuesday at a Regal Theater, and if you join there, this is not, I'm not, we're not, we don't have sponsors, but for signing up for free with the Regal Club thing, I got a Tuesday movie with half price popcorn and like a five ninety five ticket instead of $14.95. Um, <laughs> sure. So that was nice. Uh, I was paying close enough attention to the story and also checking my watch because I was nervous about uh, getting back. Um, and I recognized that there was too much story. Like in the last 20 minutes of the runtime, they started another story. Yeah. Started. You you know what I mean? Feels like it did. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and going and realizing I did not check the runtime before I bought my ticket. I didn't, I mean, I'm sure it was there, but I didn't look at it. Um, and I went, is this a, is this a two-ish hour movie or a three-ish hour? Like, have I walked into a Lord of the Rings or a, yeah. or a, a Avengers Endgame type movie? Because even if they cut all the filler and cram the story into just an, an avalanche of, of climaxes and falling action, this movie has at least 30 to 40 minutes left. Yeah. At I a, mean, at it's... The, it's two hours and 20 minutes. That's still At a the, long movie, right? It's it's still long. That goes, I whatever. I don't want to belabor the, the two-part. No, it's a, lo- it's a long movie, like, um, especially for an animated movie that, you, you know. Yeah, it, like, it, like it goes and goes. And uh, something else I meant to say out of spoilers is just like the first Into the Spider-Verse, um, every, every moment visually of this movie Every moment of this movie, visually, however order I want to say that <laughs> sentence, um, is phenomenal. Right. Right. Just, just gorgeous animation, action, yes. movement, detail. Genius. The, 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 the blending. I mean, we talked about this with the first movie, but it's, I don't really read comics, but like that idea of telling a story with some just, Fabulous, fantastic art is a thing that co- only comics can do. Comics, visual novels, manga, like gl- lump that all together. It's something only that medium can do. Mm-hmm. And these two films, this movie, just like the first one, have brought that to screen in a way that I don't think you could do with pure animation or live action. Maybe pure animation, like in the 70s when they did weird, trippy stuff, they did a similar kind of thing. Sure. But what they're doing now with art and and digital art, um, 
just captured like the the you know you think about how like dynamic in terms of like dynamic motion that you can get in a still image in a comic book and that's what these movies are and um, and, and they capture that that yes. dynamic moment with with actual movement and and like you just can't mm-hmm. think that's possible because it's only in your imagination and, and there's and, and and it's not like for a while um digital you know com- cgi computer graphics it was all about realism right it gets more and more real you know we start with toy story or whatever and and stuff gets more and more realistic looking yeah. and then you get into uncanny valley kind of stuff that's right. a whole different topic where these two films don't do that like the characters are they're real looking but sort of like there were scenes in this movie where i thought they had stepped out into live action but they, I mean, they did they did in a few shots with they, you see um um donald glover you see donald glover, donald glover. right but there's a scene where i'm like is 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 this real are we in the real world now <laughs> right what's yeah. and then it would keep going i'm like no no this is still just animated because there are other scenes like the whole sort of prologue sequence with Gwen is so like the setting and everything is so not even flashy, but like um, painterly, right? Yes. Where it's, it's like, it's not, it doesn't look realistic and that's intentional. It yeah. looks drawn. It looks hand drawn and also will like change colors and the shapes will move around. Um, and that's all very intentional. Yeah, there, um, I, I wanted to point out Mrs. Ahead. Chen had a pointer. There's, it's the character from Venom. Remember when the spot goes into like she does go into the real world, right? And so there, oh, is that what's? I I knew that that was from something, but I didn't recognize. Right, it. I I pulled it out. I don't know how I pulled it out of my memory. I'm like, is that that's the girl from? Because like Venom goes into her shop, and she's fine with him being Venom, right? right. In, in a scene in Venom, but I I can't believe I remembered that. And when the spot comes in and that's her, I'm like, oh, that's her. That's why she doesn't think anything twice about this guy coming through. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to say more things than you did about the artwork, but I just don't, I just think I'd be talking for an hour and a half about it uh, because, and, and you, you're, all the things you're saying are right. There's, it's just, I can't gush more. Um, right. And, and I, the only thing I can add to it is, um, one, it adds to the breakneck speed of the show, right? Which uh, mm-hmm. I've used the word exhausting, uh, but that makes it feel bad. Um, it's exhausting because you're just you're just full of the everything in a two hour and twenty minute runtime. You're just in it the whole time. I think, yeah. Um, and it's 100%. not it's not necessarily because it doesn't slow down because it does. But there's two things about it. One, when it slows down, the dialogue is very quick. Um, I'm going to point out sure. a, a point where. Um, Miles goes and meets with um, his mom and dad and the school guidance counselor. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's just a frame that they're looking at all three of them from the desk and they're all talking and they just, it's got that Gilmore girls uh, conversation where they just go back and <laughs> forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then it, it also the same thing happens when Miles is talking to his parents uh, at the party when he's late to the party and such, and they're having that conversation back and forth and back and forth. So even though it's not, there's not a lot of Flash and Spider-Man happening on the screen, it's a very quick dialogue. 
that is well said and you're in it for every because every person has something smart to say all the time. Mm. Um, and it's just full of dialogue that you just want to go. And then the second part of it is when it slows down, it's visually gorgeous. Um, right. and, and I'm going to point out on this one, uh, the scene where Miles and Gwen are on a big skyscraper building and she's kind of walking and she walks upside down and he follows her and they sit. And the whole scene is with this mirror version of New York City where you're kind of seeing it from the sky and the upside the, down, the skyline upside down. And it's just beautiful as everything's slow and you just, it's like artwork that you're just watching mm-hmm. happening. So it does, it does slow down, but you just feel like you're just in this amazing thing all the time. And it, and then it goes faster again. And it's like, wow, there's a, a way they do something too with action that is worth noting that a lot of times Miles or the main person is always straight up, but the world spins around. Um, so that's a such a neat Spider-Man thing because in comics and in animation or in live action, you see Spider-Man do spins and flips and, and all sorts of cool things he does around the Brooklyn Bridge and whatnot. Uh, this show is always from the perspective of him being still in the, not always, but a lot of times still in the frame and the world spins around just like Spider-Man would be Mm. if he was seeing it. And I'm like, wow, it's just so dizzying to see. So that's all I really want to say about the visualness of it. Cause it's, you know, the best of the best that I've ever, ever seen in things. And you thought you could only be that in the first movie. I don't know how they just took it up another notch. Um, Well, and, and, and this is one of those things talking about expectations. I knew that, um, you and our buddy Fox, and I think even our friend Justin, who is known for uh, uh, being cynical, mm-hmm. um, as his Discord handle, though he's changed it. Post, <laughs> he's uh, optimistic now. Yeah, right. Post, yeah. Um, and I have a weird sort of thing when a lot of people are just really effusive and gushy about a thing. I go into it extra skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. But I believe that. I believe that, Dennis. <laughs> that's, you know, listeners, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a while. People know that about me. Um, but that first sequence with Gwen won me over. Like, I was sitting in the theater and I'm like, this is oh, yeah. just a freaking masterpiece. Yes. And then the movie went on. And it and started. It st- the movie started, right? Like, there was a whole masterpiece that, and then it said Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. The, the, then, then the movie started, yeah. And... I really was fine until like the last half hour where yeah. I started checking the time and I was like, how long is yeah. this movie? Like I'm, I didn't stop enjoying it though. I think the, the chase with the train and the space elevator went on so long yeah. that I got fatigued. Yes. I would um, agree. I would agree. And then, and then after, you know, he's still sort of rushing through his, through the city when he gets out of there, um, they do the go home machine, whatever they call that, with its yeah. goofy thing. It takes a right. long time, um, and the the story at that point gets really uh, sort of. I'm just going to say deep. I'm sure there's a better word for that, but like it gets really heavy with implications about oh, you have to let somebody die and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. And then he goes back, and it's going, and then it stops. The, the pacing screeches to a halt yeah. when he gets home and starts talking to his mom. 
Right. And I'm like, that's that's when I started somewhere around there is where I started checking the time. And that's, then that's when you're like, this isn't going to end. This is not going to wrap up here. Right. This like we're not. I was like, oh, they're going to do one more fight. Like we've done a lot of but fighting. That would be another now, but, 30, 45 we're, minutes at their speed. Yeah. Right? We're we're working toward a big final fight that hasn't happened yet. And so in in sort of backpedaling from my complaints about it being two parts. As it got close to that final scene where they give the to be continued, at first I was annoyed that the story wasn't over, but in my situation at the time, I was relieved because the alternative was... Oh, you'd be there longer. You know, 30 minutes of very rushed conclusion yes. or an hour of wrapping all these threads up. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that then, so I was kind of glad to yeah. have this break right? to go, oh, I guess I'll, you know, in a couple of years, I'll find out right. what happens. Yeah, I, I, I want to echo that um, because it often comes, as I tend to do, do the devil's advocate side of things, um, sure. with the, the impact of how this emotion has with this cliffhanger and such. But I want to echo that I felt your way, but a little modified, meaning that I was not happy that it didn't end just straight, straight out saying my immediate emotion was like no they're not giving me the ending and i didn't right. i did not like that i'm just gonna say that even though i was arguing this other thing i did not like that like it was like mm -hmm. they're doing this to me i felt personally affronted for like 35 seconds sit there in the theater like <laughs> you know looking around as everybody else was confused for those 30 seconds too and the emotions were happening and people were saying things mine my first 30 seconds was they did this to me i can't believe i sat to this thing because at the exact point you just described, I felt that same way too. That's like, I'm not going to get this ending. They're not going to give me an ending that I want here. Right when you were saying that, because this is, this is, there's just no way there's, what are they going to do? This is just no way. And it's going to be a terrible ending when they give it to me, because there's just no way they're going to be able to give me a satisfying ending here. Um, and it's going to be way too rushed. And then they ended it. And I was like, how dare they? After that, I had the same feelings you did, which was the, okay, I'm glad I'm going to get another one of these and it, it, it can be worse. Sure. But I like all the characters they're telling in this part of the story. Um, and it's very interesting to me and I'm really interested in what they're going to, how they're going to tell, uh, the rest of this. So mm -hmm. after that 30, 35 seconds, it was a, a good release of, okay, good. I'm not, I'm not going to be rushed. I'm not going to feel it. And I can leave. But I also did, retrospect look back and say man that last 20 to 30 minutes was um like i'm gonna say the words too long but it felt like maybe they could have cut it before um mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know i don't know what they would have cut i mean maybe they could have trimmed down his conversation with his mom because it's actually not as impactful to the whole thing and that did feel like it took a bit maybe they could have cut down Gwen's conversation with her dad, but maybe not. Um, so it's hard to say what they could have done because I loved it right. so much. But even mm -hmm. when I, I've seen this twice in the theater now, even knowing that thing, I was still fatigued 20 minutes towards the end. Um, yeah. And feeling like, oh, this is just so much that's gone on already. Um, the, now I've only seen it once, so I don't know my, my first reaction to that. Cause I thought about that again, I had an hour drive back after that. Yeah. So first I was annoyed and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to ponder on this while I'm driving and sort of think about how I really 
how I really feel where I'm going to, where I'm going to land with this. And I was thinking a lot about like, you know, if you're going to do two parts in a movie like this, that is not Lord of the Rings, right? There are no, like, there are no long stretches of people walking. Like, yes, there's a, the whole sequence <laughs> right. with Miles people and Gwen, walking, yeah, sure. but, but it's, it goes the whole movie, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's going nonstop. Like there, you know, as I said, there are a few really, really just that one, but it's a lot. It's a lot all the time. Even, even when things are slowed down and he gets to the place, whatever, the headquarters with all the other spiders, like they're still dropping all these memes on you nonstop. And so for that kind of movie, the runtime felt long for it being two parts. But then I went back and was like, what on earth would you cut? Like, what yeah, would you I, edit I out know. of the script or the or the film to get that? Now, the big one for me was the chase, the big chase in the train and the space elevator. It's like, obviously, you need all that, but it goes on for a long time. You know what you could have cut out with that train scene and everything? Probably, we're going to hate saying this, but um, Nick from... Uh, um, a lot of the Jake Johnson from? stuff. The Jake Johnson, yeah. yeah. Like... Yes, we love him. Is the problem? He's and he's great. He is great in here. Right. But I think if they would have cut him, it would have been okay, and maybe added right. him in the next one. Uh, so, so maybe, a little maybe. bit I'm of just that. Trying to think of and and in retrospect, the stuff with his mom, like it matches the tone of everything we've seen so far in the movie with his relationship with his parents, which is obviously a major theme. Yeah, but knowing that. They're doing the infinity or the end game thing where they they drop a breadcrumb, right? Where she says you changed your hair, right? His hair hasn't yeah. changed. Like what what was that? Then it keeps going. So you don't you're watching this emotional scene, you don't have time to think about that. And then the reveal that his uncle is still alive, this isn't his universe. Oh yeah, yeah he was bitten by the wrong spider, the forty two thing and all that stuff. Like it makes that conversation with his mom feel like a stall, like something to distract you so that that reveal becomes more impactful. I think it was a stall to get all the rest of the ducks in a row. Like the, it felt like the story was stalling because at that time, Gwen was looking for him and everybody else, right. like all the, the I'm air quotes, bad spider guys were also setting up a thing. So it was like stalling to set those people up in the, sure. the cuts in between. But yeah, it felt like very long. Yeah, um, and so I don't know. Obviously, you couldn't have like cut that completely, but it probably could have been trimmed I, I a didn't, little bit. I'll admit, right here while we're on, on, on the air, I, uh, I, did, I got caught. I did not see that coming until it, it happened. And a lot of times I will. I guess it's because I didn't expect this to be a two, uh, like a two-parter it, thing. Exactly, exactly. I mean, right. I That's was why aware I didn't expect it to be a twist. That we had not seen we had not seen the spot for like 40 minutes of runtime. That's probably right. not 40 minutes, but it felt like a long time. I was like, "Hey, there was a villain." There was like, a yes, villain. Yes, I know here. this. And it wasn't this Miguel, Miguel right. Spider-Man whatever is 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 the new villain, but there was a real villain and he's still out there powered up and we've not seen him for a long time and what the heck is going on with that? So then to throw in this like wait, this is the wrong universe and there's probably another Miles here and his uncle's alive and his dad's not. Like, that was the moment where I was like, what 
what is this movie doing? This is way, way too late to yeah. be opening another thread, <laughs> to be starting another arc. Which, 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 um, made, which actually made me think that I had the, the skip a beat in my heart that moment of, oh, these writers can't tell a story and don't know how to do an ending. They're just throwing different mm, stories at us, sure. which is wrong. It's not the way it was, but that's, that was <laughs> the, for was, a moment what I thought, like, oh, felt, they're just going to leave all these yeah. things terribly unresolved. Um, so, because we're, we're, we got our, our show of the week to talk about here real quick, but I do want to end with something that oh, we, we should have spent more time on, but we're not going to have time, is Spot is a phenomenal villain. Like, wow. The way he came from, it is even better watching it the second time, being able to see what he came from. Remember, he was stealing from the ATM machine. ATM. Right? Yeah. And just mm -hmm. like this terrible kind of type person and his whole backstory of being the bagel guy, freaking mm -hmm. genius, right? That they make him throw a lot of food at a lot of villains, right? Just make him into to nothing from nothing, like a completely absurd character uh, with absurd powers, villain of the week, they'd call him. And mm -hmm. with an origin story that seems absurd, equally absurd um, into just an incredibly powerful, terrifying, scary villain uh, by the end. You're like, wow, this that is such an evolution. And by the end, he is his nemesis, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. He he really always was and is, and Miles admits it, right? And he's like, oh, man, he this is something that's important. So that that's how you develop a, a villain, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. was what they did there. Okay, so super yeah. thumbs up for me. Re recommend it to every single person on the planet. Yeah, uh, same. Out of, yeah. out of spoilers here, I, I, I thought about it, and I, we don't usually do the numbers thing, but and I'd have to scroll up in our Discord to find it. But I, I gave it tens across the board yeah. for everything except the the pacing of the writing, and that's just because as we talked about before spoilers. I was mildly annoyed by the two parter thing, but right. you know tens for story emotional impact characters dialogue 11 out of 10 for for visual effects right. um yeah. highest rating i'm i'm there with you just i'm just there with you i and even if you're not an animation person 100 percent, still give it a 10 like you know go go watch this wonderful story um and watch yeah. the first one of course go watch the first one you know absolutely uh, yeah uh, cool. All so right. Moving I, into our other one. Let's move on. Yeah, I, for, I forgot we were supposed to talk about a movie today. <laughs> um, tonight. All right. This week we watched A Star is Born, uh, the 2018 version, not the original with Julie, Judy Garland or the 70s remake with um, yeah. Barbara Streisand. There was like three of them. Yeah, three total now. All right. The, I didn't this know is that, the third by the one. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I did this, later after watching this. This one, um, again, 2018, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, um, and a few other kind of big names that show up late in the movie. Like Sam Elliott shows up out of nowhere, and then Chappelle is there for, Dave Chappelle is there for just a couple of Dave Chappelle of was a surprise, yeah. It's like, where, what, the, why bring in such a big name so late in this movie? But, uh, uh, I will say that Lady Gaga's name is uh, Stephanie Germanata. I don't want to say that her name because after this story, I have a little bit of an appreciation for who the real person is, right? Sure. <laughs> with with sure. stuff. 
Um, th this one's hard for me because um, I hate the ending. Uh, if anyone who's ever been, you know, watching movies with me or listening to me drone on knows that would have could have called that from a mile away. Um, so right. I'm not, and I don't know. Did you say spoilers? Um, spoilers. It's fine. We let's do. Yet. But I, I just was not a fan of the ending. We'll talk about why in a minute. I'll, I'll go um, back and read the and. But besides that, load. I always have to own up the fact that sometimes the reason this ending is so terrible for me is because I was so engaged in the movie itself, um, which should speak to it being a good movie. Um, the fact that I could be involved in the characters, in the story, and the things like that, um, to a part that the ending has such an impact for me, uh, I have to you know turn around and say, okay, well, that does make it good. Um, and that's why it's good. Um, so I... I liked it. I liked the story. I loved Bradley Pitt is he's fits up and uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Brad Cooper fits up there with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio with me as people who I always want to just toss aside and say they're, they're pretty boys. And that's the way that's what they, they were in Hollywood, yeah. but continually to prove to me otherwise in every movie that they're in, that they are phenomenal actors. And he was wonderful in this. Uh, and he was not, he wasn't a Tom Cruise, which again is hallmarks of these wonderful actors that they're not just playing themselves or just playing the same character that you go watch them. Bradley Cooper was somebody I've never seen him play before and was a wholehearted yeah. this person. Uh, wow. That's really, really good. Yeah. I, I think I've talked on the podcast before about a movie called burnt where Bradley yes. Cooper plays, plays a chef. Who not is, seen it, but I hear that's good things too. Who is a recovering uh, addict, drug addict. Mm -hmm. And I watched that movie and I was like, I just do not buy this guy in this part because Bradley Cooper had always been a romantic lead in, right. in romances and romantic comedies. Um, but just like Matthew McConaughey, he does some of these projects where you're like, there's some real, not, I mean, this story is still a romance, but he is playing, this kind of broken person with a lot of baggage and um the this this movie was nominated for uh best picture best actor best actress um sam elliott got uh supporting actor mm -hmm. they didn't win any of those awards they won for the song uh shallow. shallow right um best picture they lost to green book and i think uh vigo mortensen won the the oscar for green book and um no uh mahersha ali yeah, for green right. book right um no that's supporting actor what am i looking at rami malik won for bohemian rhapsody that year uh, best actor. I think this one was better than that one, but sure, fine. And I, I haven't seen he, that he one. He did a great um, performance, but yeah. Green Book won Best Picture, and Marshall Ali won for uh, Supporting Actor. That's. I mean, that's um, fair. Those those are like deep movies with some. Yeah, stuff, they're so sure. they're they're great movies. Um, but this, I mean. This movie was just really, really solid. All the acting. I mean, you've got, besides we've talked about Bradley Cooper. Um, I'm going to keep saying Lady Gaga because that's sure, what sure, it sure. says on that No, IMDb. Lady Gaga was yeah, um, equally as great. Yeah. 
all of the all of the emotions felt genuine. Of course, you've got Sam Elliott, who is a you know screen legend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in a ton of scenes, but when he's there, it's just so powerful. Um, well, well, they it's worth saying none of them were over powerful, right? None of them felt like over no. the top or characters. No, no, or- no, nobody was was upstaging or or chewing scenery or any of that stuff. It all felt genuine and real. Um, even Very realistic. The, all of it felt so realistic. It, all their interactions and yeah, yeah, like and and, and, and that's their, what made it wonderful. I think was that and their their moments singing together and their and their harmonize. Some of that was where I had to suspend disbelief a little bit. Where I'm sure like, right. They, yes. He just took that and they're performing on stage flawlessly with no like harmonizing perfectly and yeah and she knows all, all that the things. Like, she didn't say she the second verse to him i don't think and he just did it yeah there was a couple of that yeah i think maybe he's supposed to have written it himself or maybe whatever you know it's not that's not really what the story is um and it covers a lot of time um without i think without too much runtime it's two hours sixteen, but it didn't feel long the way that like the Elvis movie felt long and slow. Yeah. And I mean, it's covering more time. It's basically his entire career. But um, this movie does have a lot of time jumps, right? Where you're like, okay, now they're at this point, and you know, yeah. sometimes there are montages and and sometimes not. And like now she's here and she's on SNL, and oh, I also liked the. One shot from Alec Baldwin. Right. Oh, sorry, not one shot. That's oh, that. Oh man, too soon, man. Too, too, soon. too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. One, one scene. One like <laughs> there you go. Few seconds from Alec Baldwin in this movie. I wonder how much uh, he got paid for that. Right. Um, and then, you know, and then she's being nominated for a Grammy, and you're like, okay, this is moving. <laughs> this is pretty moving quick. pretty fast. Right. Um, this. Uh, which story, which was a really interesting they really kept it focused on them like the whole time their careers are monumental to who they are and to the yeah. story but all the way through it it just as you were talking about the focus is squarely on the two of them and their relationship at every bit right. of dialogue um and yeah. obviously and it's and right. it it doesn't doesn't belabor things right like from one right um from one scene to the next like they're together for the first time you know she she comes to her house and she tells him like you know you've got to get your drinking under control it's not going to work for me and then like 10 minutes of screen time later of runtime later what where i think there's maybe a montage in between like they're at a party and he's he's stumbling over himself hammered and she's like don't worry he's fine he does this like yeah like the relationship has advanced to a point where you know she's you know begrudgingly tolerating his you know relapse into alcoholism well that's that's what makes it i think more realistic that was like that it's not yeah. this like the movie you want to you would expect to see is him beating her or 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 doing something this i mean he does do something awful at one point but 
not, not to the beater point, you know, not malicious at, though at the Grammy type thing. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, but he does something, but right. Nothing malicious. You, you expect him to go into a jealousy rage or, a uh, some kind of alcoholic hatred filled thing you know? or, or one of them to, to be unfaithful. Right. Right. You expect to all to those things to, to happen. They would that go in melodrama. A, right. And this kind of a story or the whole time I was waiting for the shoe to drop where she's going to just like, Put the the, leave the screws to him and leave him because he's an alcoholic and a and a drug addict, right? And, which which doesn't happen because that's very often is how like relationships real relationships work, work. right? Yeah, and we're, we're we always see them portrayed in the thing as you know some big alcoholic thing that fueled and why would this person ever stay with this person? It's because a lot of that stuff is that they're not terrible people when they're drunk. They're, it's just this just portrayed alcoholism in a much more realistic way it doesn't make it seem good in any way that's i think that's no. the fear oftentimes in these stories that you you've got to tell the bad side or you're going to make it look good um which right. it didn't right he did not make it look good um yeah and it, and and they didn't need you know any like physical abuse or or anything like that to get across the point that this is a thing that is, is slowly destroying him. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it ultimately does. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, the, and the way Lady Gaga handled that character handles this very, again, very realistic. I mean, she, mm -hmm. you know, fell for him and all their, so much of their dialogue was, um, not nervous, but I was, the parts that I was nervous about was that they were going to Hollywood it up. I guess the whole time was that they're going to make it right. like, this dramatic, oh, here's a scene, she's mad, and it's going to be drama-filled, and then he's genuinely sad and upset, and and like he said, or he just says sorry. A lot of this movie I really got because they each character allowed the other other character space. When mm. one would, even, there was Sam Elliott scene with him, and they would talk, and the other one wouldn't just try to jump in and get angry or do something. They would just let the other person speak and say what they're going to say or have their slow emotions because that's how the people are. They were, they're slow yeah. speaking people. Um, and they each let them have their, their say and give their emotions, which just made it more real. And he would say like, I'm sorry, I, how I acted. And she didn't come back with, you should have, or give more reasons why he hadn't. She also didn't come and hug him and say, it's all forgiven. Right. She just let it breathe let him be sad and upset for that bit. And then, well, and even, you know. and, and even in the aftermath of the, um, of the Grammys scene, like she, she doesn't yell at him. She doesn't, you know, just, she, she wants to take care of him. She's annoyed. She's mad that her dad and his friends are, you know, keeping her out of the bathroom. And then, the dad gets upset with him, but they don't kick his ass or right. anything. Right. Like, they still, you know, put him in the shower. Like, they're not super gentle about it, but they're, right. you know, still, like, human beings, not Hallmark movie stereotypes. And, and how he gets genuinely sad and hurt by what happened with his dad, like, that shower scene like yeah. when he later on and he was in rehab and he like and your dad he just says like a few words right and says like right and then your dad and then he just kind of like breaks down in this 
reserved tear filled thing. And it, that just, again, that's just wonderful, wonderful acting by Bradley Cooper of this whole, Mm -hmm. whole person that he's helped create uh, up to this point. Um, That, that, and that's all those little, that much of emotions is so packed impactful for the character because his his dad has a history and um sure and with her and how it all feels yeah just the performances were so great and the writing was so wonderful and the directing was too bradley cooper directed this this film and that's Mm -hmm. what i think when i say like he allowed each actor to give space he didn't he didn't have them get over emotional or over over the top he just direct i think it was directed really well with all of the characters and sam sam neil was uh, was Sam Neill, right? I'm saying the right thing. Uh, was Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sorry, Sam Neill. Different. Sam Elliott. Could he has? I've seen him in so many dramatic roles where he has such great speeches or things he says in different ways that could have mm-hmm. done. But it was literally the directing that just said. He says real quickly, "I idolized you, not Dad." Close the door, and then you back away in the car. Yeah, and he drives away. Like he doesn't ten he seconds doesn't, of like he doesn't emotion. climb out of the car and go hug him or anything like again melodramatic. He just is you know, and there's a, there's stuff there about like male relationships. Yeah, right. So much yeah. in that ten seconds yeah. of him yeah. looking back and having red eyes, right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it didn't go again, didn't go Hollywood. I'll say there because that's not realistic. You want it to be, you, I, I, yes, I want him to stop, pull over, come out and give the guy a hug and say, everything's been forgiven and we're the best friends of ever, but that's not, that's not realistic, right? Realistic would be right. that he's, he's, he's full of emotions. And then he goes back and how we normally have try to deal with it internally and then come back at another time and things work slowly out. Obviously, that didn't yeah. wasn't able to happen, which makes it even more sad at the end. Right. Um, so, I don't know if we go into spoilers in the last minute. We're, we're over here a bit, but um, yeah the the ending of him ending it sucks. I I'm I get so angry at that topic at suicide. We'll just say it here um, because it's an angry field filled thing that happens, um, mm-hmm. and and. And I know that's controversial that I would say this and come down on this this thing, but I, it's such a selfish, horribly selfish thing. And I don't mean people who are in pain and you know choosing to end it because of they got a life of pain. That's not what I'm saying. But like, and obviously it it wasn't a selfish thing that he did here, right? Right. But um, it makes me so angry that that's a that's ever 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 an answer for anyone in life um, right. without because of my own personal worldview. Uh, that I've come through in my time here on earth um, where I've come down where things could never be worse. And to think that the world is only one path is selfish Hmm. that that you can't see beyond your own self and see beyond your own path that needs to be right. And in this situation, it's the, you know, she's better off without me type thing. And it's almost like a, how dare you think that? Right? How dare you think right. that that life is is different because that's only selfish and hurts and destructive? And uh, Sam Elliott says it right. Jack is the only yeah. one to blame here, right? Yeah. And he doesn't mean it in a mean, angry way. She didn't take it that way. But right, he is blame. He is to blame for the what happened and what happened. I was here. I was mildly annoyed that they didn't pursue 
the 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 um, agent manager character who yeah. sort of gives him that last talk and and emotionally pushes him over the edge. Um, but again, that's not what the movie was about. Yeah, I, I agree. I I um obviously that manager is a villain, right? I mean, you kind of knew it from from the beginning, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and. Again, the career is not necessarily what this movie's about, so they didn't go into it. Sure, they didn't give us a bit of a revenge. Sure, um, I liked the, how she sang the song at the end with him. Um, mm-hmm. it, ultimately, that I said that suicide thing has a big taint on the end of the movie for me. Um, but it's their story. That's what they wanted to tell. That's fair. Right. Um, it's fair that they wanted to show a wonderful, beautiful, incredible relationship destroyed by alcoholism and um, life struggles, I guess, because you know, like his tinnitus and things was also part of, of living through that. Right. Uh, if yeah, people yeah, yeah. don't know about tinnitus, by the way, it is just this ringing you have in your ear, and you don't have to like be around loud sounds to have it for your whole life. People have it, um, although that definitely causes it. Um, but right. I can't, if you've ever had too loud of a sound and then have that ringing sound in your head, that never stops for some people like never yeah. ever stops. So if you can think about that with him going through hearing a constant ring, never stopping. And then I'm not saying that's a reason for alcoholism or his drug use type stuff. There's other reasons, but sure. man, just have getting away from a way to escape, you know, tinnitus didn't help any of that kind of stuff for him. Right. Um, so yeah, you just, all you have is sympathy for this poor guy. Uh, portrayed by by a, a wonderful actor. So out of mm-hmm. spoilers here, um, great movie, great actors, deserved all the accolades it got. Um, I agree with you, Dennis. It didn't feel too. It didn't feel long, although it's got a longer runtime. Uh, it, it didn't feel long, and the ending, while I wasn't happy with it, uh, that's just the own personal thing. And I think ninety percent of the people would be okay with the ending. Um, yeah. So I would definitely recommend it for. Uh, man, do you want to recommend this for a romance thing to romance people? Uh, yes, maybe. It's 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 a hard one, and I think you need some some level of appreciation of music, which I know there are some handful of people out there who have no appreciation for music. It's weird, but yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, it, that's not really like I said. The career is not really the focus, but yeah, you. You know, you got to appreciate the music there. Right, right. Um, yeah, it would depend on who I'm talking to, whether I think they would be overly affected by the ending. No, yeah, no, I think no, the ending would have to be a judgment call. I, I will say, out of curiosity, knowing that this movie was a, a remake of a remake, um, I asked our friends of the former Geek Scholar Movie News podcast... Uh, because I remembered them talking about this movie when it was up for awards and and things, and so I knew that surely some of them had seen the older ones. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, our friend Jill said, um, "Let me find the exact message. You'll enjoy the new one more if you go in cold." Um, she said it was interesting to see the older ones, but only from an academic perspective. Yeah. So that did, sort of did, did history of you? film kind of see how it changed. Yeah. Um, did, did she tell you, thing. did they, did they change the ending or is it the same ending? Is it, she didn't say, so that might've okay. been, um, 
that might have been part of that, like not knowing, not knowing that ending. Though you do, at a certain point, it's telegraphed, and there's a little bit of foreshadowing for it. But that, that um, feels heavy for a 1930s movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think did Judy Garland commit suicide? Oh, maybe. I, oh man, that sounds right. But I I know that I know that her later like young adult life was was pretty rough. But that doesn't feel like um feel like a thing that they would have broached in in one of her movies. Um, Are, okay. Are you sure it was Judy Garland? Because I'm I just did a little bit of a look up here and it shows Janet Gaynor was the original. Ooh. From a nineteen thirty, maybe there was more remakes. I know it's a maybe there, maybe there were more. The one I'm looking at here was not from nineteen thirty seven. Oh, it's just a film that has been remade three times in nineteen fifty four with Judy Garland. Okay, yeah, so, was, I was so say, it was originally by nineteen thirty seven is too early for for Judy Garland because that's I think that's before Wizard of Oz. Yeah, um, yeah. So so this is originally a nineteen thirties movie. I wonder if they dealt with that kind of ending from back then feels even very, even very in 57 it seems yeah seems unlikely but i don't know agreed i i'm gonna have to go do a little bit of researching and reading on that one so see if it's interesting new to this one but anyway by itself good movie just and it deserves the accolades yeah, it, it does very, and man, those performances are just stellar in in incredibly well made well acted um solid solid film yeah i, I don't regret recommendation it. It, it's it's hard it's hard to say i would have to uh, just it would just depend person. on the person, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, that's our movie this week. Uh, we didn't put you on the spot here again, Dennis, because uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand. It's oh your man, we're, pick. we're running so long. Um, yep. I'm gonna pick an easy one because we're late in the week here, and I'm gonna pick Zathura. I think oh, you've we've probably we've been talking about this, this yeah? for a bit. Yeah, we, um, you, it's you've the, been talking about watching this again. It's the sequel. I think sequel book to Jumanji. Okay. And not sequel book, but maybe second book by the same author. Okay. Um, and I don't know anything about it except I think it's maybe more sci-fi than. Jubilee oh, you did. You didn't know. watch this one. I thought you've seen this one. I I haven't seen it. No. I'm glad we're watching it because yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely all those things you just said. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't seen it since Hope was a kid, but um, right. Y- yes, I I'm glad you put this on the list because. I like Jumanji. I like the first Jumanji. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, I guess the just a fair warning going into it, Robin Williams isn't in it. So if that ruins the, 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 the story for <laughs> right. you, just have that with your expectations that this is this without Robin Williams. So Sure. Sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 304. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out for reviews on all things. If you want to reach out to us and... Tell us how we ruined Across the Spider-Verse and or A Star is Born for you. You can do that <laughs> via email at front, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out to us. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing on the catcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you'd leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot in those rankings. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael for the front porch. All right, everybody. See you next time.